welcome to Code Splitters Podcast. I'm Paul. I'm Mikkel. And I'm Kevin. Yeah, it's a very good intro. Um, right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Code Splitters Podcast. Um, this time around, we're going to chit chat a little um, because, you know, things are happening around the web. But first, I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to drive directly off a tangent first here because I got to get this off my chest. Um, pizza. So <laughs> we talked about, I think we've talked about it, um, um, like off Mick, uh, Mikkel, but we talked about pizza ovens in particular. Oh, yeah. Um, and I recently bought one. Um, both because you had talked very fondly of yours, um, and I, you know, just in general, I love pizza. Um, like the like, like the very original, uh, if, what do they call it, Neapolitan pizza? So not just the ones we get at the local pizza places, you know, that are filled to the brim with meats and everything like that. But just like the plain that is really, you know, the good pizza dough, and just it tastes amazing. Um, and so we went and bought um, a pizza oven. Um, and I can recommend it. It's called what's it called Uni O O N I. From what I can read, it's like it's like really preferred, like for I guess amateur pizza makers, um, like home um, style. Um, and I'm just really amazed by it. It's really really good. Um, we got a 12 inch version that uses wood pellets, but it you can you can get some that run on on, on gas as well. Um, and I, I really just I, I thought it was funny because Miguel, you had talked about it. We went and bought one, and the day we bought one, like the day we ordered one, um, a friend of mine that I don't talk to that much, but you know we play from time to time, um, he posted a picture like in a we have a share channel on on Facebook Messenger. Um, he was just like, "Oh, we're getting pizza today," and that was the exact same oven. It was just it was a very weird coincidence. Like it's like, oh, okay, so you know well, that. But the cool thing was that I could, uh, we just ordered that, so uh, you know, tips, tricks, please. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really great. I like it as well. Yeah, it's yeah, and I'm I'm gonna like my wife wanted to get some tips from you as well. I I, I remember remember you said I should just fire away, and then she was like, oh, "Have you asked him yet?" I'm like, "No, not yet." I'm sorry, sorry. Actually, I forgot that doing one on one today. Maybe we maybe the next one on one Miguel is gonna be the we could do one. we could do a pizza episode. Um, oh, that would pizza. be amazing. Ah, I could I could talk about pizza all day long. I think. Um, that would be cool <laughs> if you cook the pizza and then I'll eat oh, it and give could... you a review. That would actually, yeah, that and could then be I can a, compare, a compare your pizzas because I've got a friend as well who's been really into the pizza making the last oh, half yeah. year or so. Uh, he actually sometimes listens to the podcast, so hello. Uh, no. um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we've been getting a lot of. From when he got the oven until now, we've been when we've been visiting them. He's been making a lot of pizzas, and uh, so we we could follow the improvement in the pizza making. Uh, and now he's almost perfected it, so now it's just amazing. Uh, it was oh, always that, good, but uh, yeah, he had that, in, that, the, in the beginning he he made he he had some of them that like broke uh, mm. and stuff like that in the middle, and just yeah, trying stuff out. But now it's. Uh, yeah, I, I think like there, there's first of all, of course, there is the the fact that the oven needs to be like you know preheated up to around these 400 degrees Celsius for those. Um, um, and then it's very 
and I'm, I guess you had that too, Miguel, right? I don't know if it's the same with the gas version, of course. So I, none of us have that one. Um, but it's very like uh, susceptible to wind. Like, so if it's very windy outside, um, yeah. it, it's gonna it's gonna drop in heat quickly, <clears throat> and then you gotta make sure that it heats up again. Um, and then there's the whole technique of you know like using the, the spatula thingy, getting the pizza in, and making sure that it doesn't burn because it. It's like a minute, you know, 30 seconds, turn it around, and then 30 seconds again, if it's optimal heat. Um, and then there's it's, the whole... It's definitely, it is definitely a skill. There's, there's a lot of things to to learn and to improve. But the, but yeah, the, the, the weather conditions has something to say, I would say. So the, the, the wind direction, and also if it's frosty outside, it, it gets, uh, it's, it's take a long, long, long time to heat up, and uh, it, it cools down faster, so... Yeah, yeah, and then there's the whole dough part of it because you know getting the perfect dough for pizza and stuff like that. Um, luckily for me, my wife has been baking you know both bread and cakes and has a lot of machinery for that. Um, so that was like that was like a task. She was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna do that." Um, she's already sort I perfected it. I don't know, but um, like the um, like the tomato sauce, like she you know cooks it up herself and stuff like that. And that's amazing. That's spot on. So we're we're sort of, you know, ticking off the other things on the list and getting better at it. Um so that's cool. But yeah, let's have a pizza episode, Kevin. It's yeah. um there's so He's... much. <laughs> so Kevin, what what what's your favorite pizza? What is my favorite pizza? Yeah. Um hmm. that's a good question. I like a lot I of should different... have prepared you. <laughs> yes, I'm not prepared for this question. I like a lot of different pizzas. Uh, I like a simple, just a simple margarita. Just the basics is a good start. Mm. I like uh, pepperoni pizza a lot as well, and I also like. I think it. I don't know if it's a Danish thing or what, but I hadn't seen it until I came to Denmark. And uh, you sometimes put like uh, really thin slices of potato on the pizza. I don't know where yeah. that comes from. Um, in the beginning, I was it's a little weird to put potatoes on a pizza, but it's actually really good. Yes. Yeah, I like that as well. And in in general, just uh, different kinds of meats, usually uh, red pepper. Uh, oof, I'm starting to think about pizza. A lot of different stuff. <laughs> like <laughs> I know, I know, yes. our listeners can't see Kevin, of course, but it's like you could see it in his eyes, just, just like dreaming dreamy. away. Yeah. <laughs> pizza. Yeah. What about you, Miguel? Any any favorites? Now that you're cooking your own as well. well well, actually, we we uh, we usually do the, the the potato pizza as well. Actually, like uh, thin sliced potatoes, and then uh, also like onions and uh, yeah, some some kind of uh, good uh, sausage or salami thing uh, that that goes really well, I think. So, uh, and also of course the margarita one is also, and then then the the, the kids usually make their own. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's nice. That's cool. I'm, I'm, you, Paul? Yeah, I was I was going to say that I, I think I'm very I'm very simple in that mind as well. I, I I can eat tons of different kinds of pizzas, and and for a long period when I was younger, I had and I don't know if that's Danish or wherever that comes from, but it was like it had um what do you call it? It was like uh, beef, uh, but like like uh, like an actual steak they cut out and put on the on on the pizza, and then Bernays <laughs> sauce on that as well. And for some, that's gonna be disgusting. And looking back, it it looks that way too. It's quite good. But now that I'm you know older and stuff like that, and have tried it, um, 
like the very plain uh, Neapolitan pizza is really, really good. Like like a very good tomato sauce and and mozzarella, um, not the stringy cheap prep, but but you know real mozzarella cheese. Um, and then um, some Parma ham. I actually don't know if that is what it's called in English, uh, but Parma ham. Yeah, like the very thinly sliced as well. You put that on the pizza after you take it out of the oven, of course. Um, that's just that really does it for me. Also, because I really love the bread. So if that is baked perfectly, which is a lot easier in this oven, um, it's just it tastes amazing. And I'm, that's that's all it for me. I, I don't need like the like uh, the usual with the kebab and and salad and dressing and, and stuff like that. Uh, that's good if you're coming home drunk from the city and, and all that. But it's not it's not up there as a prime example of good pizza for me at least. Mm. I think we need to move on. I'm getting too hungry for pizza. So. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, we're going to talk about websites. This is not the yet. Yeah, you know, I started out. I talked about pizza here as well. Um, it's been a while since we recorded last time, and I know that you, both of you, are actually working on um, new things now. So I just wanted to hear. Of course, if you don't want to talk about that, that's fine. But but what what are you doing now? What what are you up to? What has happened since last time? Kevin. Yes. Uh, a lot has happened since last time, work-wise. Uh, also, not work-wise, but... Um, so we've been onboarded, uh, me and Mikkel actually, have been onboarded to a new project, which is actually an older project that we used to work on. Uh, but that's a whole different story. Um, and... Uh, it is built on uh, Salesforce, which we have not had experience with before. So we've been uh, uh, going from very confused to trying to figure things out uh, to now. I think we're starting to get some kind of grasp on it. It's a very different, uh, very different setup and a very different way of working uh, than a lot of the other. Uh, front-end setups or website setups in, in general. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about, but I don't want to go too much into it. I think the most important thing front-end-wise is that they, at least in this project, I don't know if you can actually do other stuff at this point, but they're using uh, web components. Uh, they have their own web component uh, builder. Um, so they use... Uh, this thing called Lightning Web Components, um, and it, it looks very much the same as uh, as your stencil or lit or, or something like that, um, with their own kind of wrappers around it or their own uh, naming um, thing. But it, it looks very similar. Um, yeah, so that that's been interesting uh, to get into. Yeah, I would agree. So it's it's really uh, it's always exciting to to get into something new uh, and both project wise and uh, like setup wise and technically. So um, yeah, it's exciting to try this uh, new uh, area out. I would say. Um, so I'm I'm just excited to get longer like or get get deeper into the weeds and and to see how how it actually works. Um, so um, yeah. But, but you, I, I agree. I'm not as confused as I was in the beginning. So <laughs> that's good, at least. Yeah, they have a couple of concepts you need to wrap your head around. Uh, yeah, I still haven't completely 
understood how everything works, but uh, they have this thing called orgs, which is basically your environment. So the production side has an org and the QA environment has an org. And then you also set them up. You have your own orgs like uh, locally and, and that you develop on. Um, and they have these also these things called scratch orgs, which is like a temporary development environment. Um, so that's, that was definitely a very new concept. So you got to, when you build these lightning web components, you've got to kind of deploy them in a way to the org, which is the environment. Um, and, and things like that. So it has kind of a built in source control kind of, cause you can also retrieve the components from that org and there's, yeah, you can merge them and. Uh, yeah, that that was also what got us confused in yeah. the beginning because we we have you have a Git, which is a source control, and then you have this other thing that that you can sort of like deploy uh, to this environment, um, which is kind of like Git, but then still not. So it's maybe more like FTP ish. Um, so yeah, it's it was a bit confusing, but I think we understand it a little bit better now so yeah. but i think maybe in a few episodes we can do like a how to how to lightning salesforce uh, <laughs> or something yeah now it's we'll still very very new we, yeah, yeah. we encounter a lot well, of new things every day um, yeah. and I, I don't know if you need git this again this is the first salesforce project for me and i think for you as well i don't know if git is like or if you need a source control apart from maybe you can just run everything on the Salesforce setup and then somehow just use that. I'm not sure. But in this case, they I chose to to include Git as well in the whole setup. Yeah. So it's uh, I sometimes feel like a bit of double source control, which is a little... Uh, but, but I think the the Git is just for like a normal uh, file management. Um, and the other thing is for testing, like deploying... Uh, more temporarily, temporarily stuff. So, but uh, yeah, I think we'll get smarter or get uh, we'll we'll know more uh, in a few episodes. Yeah, just sure. just give it until Monday, Miguel, and then you're starting all over again with the whole confusion bit. Um, yeah, at probably. least if that that's just developer life, you know, it's yeah. Um, yeah. it's one of those. I, I've had a a few of those moments in the past week or two where. I don't know if you have that too. When you're learning something new in the beginning, you're just really confused, of course. And then you start going through the docs and you start looking at the code and you start kind of figuring things out. And then you're like, I think, I think this, I think I got it now, like the, the basics. And then you're like, yeah, I, th I think this is cool. And then you like, okay, I'm going to create a new component or something or try something. And then two minutes later, you're like, ah, no, okay, that doesn't work. And then you're <laughs> the, what the thing you thought you understood, you're like, oh no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> go back and uh, yeah <laughs> but when you make errors like this th this is how you remember stuff right? yes because if, yeah. if you're just told that uh, how it is then you won't uh, remember true that, that's at least my experience yeah i re remember better if i make the mistakes myself so it's like you remember the pain <laughs> yes i remember the frustration makes you stronger yes <laughs> <laughs> No pain, uh, no gain. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we could go on. Um, yeah. But that that's actually um, like part of me, first of all, I'm a little curious because I, th I think 
reading up on web components, being, you know, interested in web components. You know, I heard about the lightning web components and stuff like that, but I actually never really, you know, got into it or read up about it, you know, though specifically, I just, you know, knew they were there. So it's actually exciting for me as well to hear like your experiences with it, um, good or bad. I mean, and, you know, new beginnings are hard, but I, I guess also sort of exciting, you know, um, doing the same thing day in, day out, you know, tends to yeah. get boring for some at least. So so, <laughs> we'll so in, in that regard, it's new, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely let you know in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sure when we get deeper into it, they'll, I'm sure there's pros and cons. Uh, the They have the, the, the typical things you'd expect from a web component or component in general. I think like props you pass down, of course, and event handling and uh, like local properties and all that stuff. I think one cool thing, that I still also still don't really uh, understand, but uh, they have this uh, decorator as well called Wire, which uh, sounds really cool because it basically it's like a property, but it comes because everything is in the Salesforce setup. It actually uh, I don't I wouldn't say bind because it it is it links up to the backend in some way. So if the backend data updates, then you can do some cool stuff with that wire uh, decorator. So there's actually some link to the backend. You don't just like post and get via API. There's a bit more to it. Um, mm-hmm. So that sounds interesting. Uh, I'm not sure how it works just yet, but uh, it sounds that sounds really cool. Uh, I think yeah. because everything is so uh, custom made for Salesforce, uh, the integration between the front end and the backend, I think, will be once you understand how it works, will be really nice, I think, and very uh, standardized, I guess, in their setup. Um, so that's pretty cool because they, they all, you know, we always know what the backend technology is and what the frontend technology is. So you can do some more stuff um, with that. Um, you can also hook up to like refresh, uh, kind of refresh your components when the backend data updates and things like that. So that's it's quite cool. Nice. Yeah, I, I can't wait to to hear more about that. So, so I guess that's that that'll be a future episode. Like, is this the Elden Ring of web components? Um, <laughs> who knows? Uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess the I guess the thing is, you can't really. I, I assume you can't use Lightning web components unless you're in a Salesforce environment. Uh, I guess it's not I, something you. I can... think I think you can actually. You can okay. Uh, yeah, I, I I heard about. Or I, I think I read somewhere that you can actually. Okay. Take take the components outside, but uh, I don't know. It's yeah. still early days yeah. for me at least. So, <laughs> yeah. so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. I think I think we should get a little more into web this time around. Um, we heard some news; something was released. Um, I think I think we should talk Safari if you if you're up for it. I know, Miguel, you had you had a few notes about Safari. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about Safari and, and get your opinions uh, because I think it's uh, it's uh, notable that uh, Safari fifteen point four uh, came out. Um, and it has it has a lot of uh, things to it. Just looking at the release notes, uh, 
seems like uh, the loading attribute on uh, like the laser loading for images, uh, the loading attribute is is now uh, available. I had uh, forgotten so that's, about that's that. Nice. Yeah, that is kind of nice. Um, and uh, the nice thing is that if you already used it for Chrome and other browsers, then it will also just automatically work in uh, Safari now. So that's uh, kind of cool. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, there's a lot of things. Um, yeah, it's quite substantial. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's and like I'll, a I'm really not, big release. Yeah. I won't mention anything uh, or everything, but uh, there's the uh, the has selector in uh, CSS, which is also kind of cool. It's. Uh, uh, I was going to say, what is it that that one does? I can't remember. Yeah, it seems to be some kind of a, like a, a parent selector. Um, I haven't tried it and I haven't played with it, so I'm not. I have to be careful what I'm saying because I'm not really an expert. Uh, but it seems like Safari is the first one to actually support it. I think uh, I might be wrong. So, but it's it's pretty cool um, that they they're moving in this uh, in this area. Um, also, the the cascade uh, layers, um, which is also uh, kind of nice. But you can you, this uh, CSS uh, layers where you can put uh, like you, you can you can make uh, different layers. Like for for example, for vendor stuff or for third party uh, styles. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. And that has that has been moving pretty fast. I would say it's it's not really old. Um, it's fairly new, yeah. 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 So uh, I think that is pretty cool. Um, it's the uh, add layer uh, syntax in CSS. Um, so you can look that up. Um, CSS the, is, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. But I was going to say that you know CSS is really becoming. Well, CSS is sort of always. You know, been advanced and like you could do a lot of things with it. Like it's like under the hood, there's a lot of things going on. But some of these new APIs are both like very intuitive, but also I can imagine like under the hood, they're like just insane. Like, I mean, the same with like you know the upcoming container queries as well. Uh, I know this isn't really part of that, but 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 these like the layer bit, uh, I heard a little bit about. I had I think I had a hard time at least at first, like. How would I use this? But like, but then again, you know, I didn't really read up on it. Um, but 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 from what I hear, like like that and the has selector as well opens up for some some neat things you can do where you don't have to, you know, like it cuts down on on the amount of of code you would have written uh, before that, uh, which yeah. is cool. It it gives you the opportunity to to like organize your or like to to architect your your styles uh, in in a better way. So it's not like uh, everything is just like uh, the in in the right order. Uh, but but you can actually like move things around uh, if you categorize them in in layers. Um, so uh, yeah, it I, I I'm not also on a, an expert on this. But it seems to be pretty cool, uh, what I've heard at least, um, especially for like third-party stuff. For example, like if you want, if you're using Bootstrap, then you could uh, put all Bootstrap uh, CSS into its own uh, vendor layer or something like that, and then you can uh, have your own styles uh, in a layer that sits uh, below. Or above, uh, depending on how you see it, so so that you don't um, 
so so that you reduce the amounts of uh, conflicts or like uh, so you so don't have to put uh, important everywhere to to override stuff so i think it's a pretty cool uh, thing uh, and it will be exciting to see um, the support uh, i'm actually not sure but uh, but it's not it's not that great yet i would say yeah, of course, it's it's fairly new. Um, yeah. But I really like what you're saying there because it's basically controlling the cascade, right? You know, yeah, the cascade yeah. is like a big thing in CSS, but it's also, I guess, especially for new developers, I guess old alike too, like sometimes when you get back into it, it, it kind of takes you by surprise. Um, but but the whole thing about you know like the like the classes and, and, and selectors cascading um, can sometimes, especially if you're dealing with third-party uh, CSS uh it can be both confusing, but also like, you know, how would you want to override it? And then, then like the ultimate fallback is, of course, using important. Um, and, and, and that feels, you know, like feels sort of dirty doing that. So, so more control is always nice. Yeah. Some yeah, more, third, more clean code. Yeah. And some third party libraries also have a lot of specificity already in their CSS. Yep. And you're like, okay, now I've got to be even, yeah, either at the same like long, selector plus important or i gotta be even more specific um so that's uh yeah that's definitely cool i saw the uh the dialogue element as well Mm. is now supported and i i forgot about that for a while so i just checked up it seemed now it's actually supported in every uh browser apart from internet explorer but that's that now so uh, I was going to say what? <laughs> I don't know why it's still on their compatibility list. No. Um, so it seems widely supported now, which is that's quite a big step, I think, as well in uh, yeah. making these more, uh, I guess, functional HTML components starting to get on board with that. Um, that's quite cool. Yeah, it is. It's really exciting to see these, uh, these uh, built-in things uh taking shape uh yeah. and dialogue was yeah there has been a lot of fuss around it. it's like uh, that was maybe not that useful and i think also there was some accessibility things or issues with it but uh, yeah i think it's it's good that it's getting more support and also getting improved so yeah yeah maybe down the road we won't have to spend every project one or two days building a modal component because you have that pretty much in yeah. every project and then there's oh, always as you said there's always okay now need the keyboard support is it like you know close on click outside we need this and that like it's always the same stuff you need so it would be yeah. kind of cool if that would be built in at some point in a good yeah. way I have, uh, I think in a previous episode, I have uh, been shouting out to uh, OpenUI uh, and I'll do that again because I think they are really doing an awesome job. Like uh, you should really check them out if you haven't because it's uh, they, they, they are like doing a lot of research on, on like all common uh, components and they're like investigating like all uh, like or like a lot of public design systems uh, and also like things like Bootstrap and uh, angular material and you know all these things like what what are people calling things and trying to to uh, matrix uh, it out and, and map it out to see what are the common things and what what are the issues and uh, so for example the the, the spicy sections um, component is a, is a good example maybe i mentioned it before but it's kind of cool that, that this this is a sort of it's not the final name it's a temporary name uh, but it will cool like name, 
Yeah, <laughs> but it should replace the like accordions and uh, what was the other thing? Uh, yeah, but it, it's really like uh, oh yeah, tabs uh, as well. Like so, so it's like uh, a responsive uh, component for uh, both accordions and tabs, so you can style it uh, or you, you can choose the the view that you would like. So um, it's it's pretty cool. It will be exciting to see. Mm. Because yeah, there oh, is goodness. this details component, right? Which is kind of yeah. funny. It's kind of a collapsible thing, but I've have actually every project that I need a collapsible, I usually just build it. And I see most people mm. do the same. <laughs> it's yeah. not really no. exactly what you want, like animation wise and, and things like that. It's a bit difficult to actually work. With I it. heard. Um, I heard. Uh, I think it was uh, Zach Leatherman who made a web component. That will actually patch uh, this uh, details element, uh, so that w- when you include the script, it will actually add some in- improvements to the existing uh, element. So I think it was called uh, details util or something like that. So um, that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually. Um, Oh, sorry. Are you uh, no, you're done? Okay, yeah. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that's actually like the whole thing with with OpenUI as well, and and the dialogue. You mentioned briefly making accessibility issues, and I think they're still there. I mean, at least I'm I'm not pro on that, but but following some of accessibility Twitter, at least, um, there seems to be a lot of mixed feelings about it still. Like there's some some faults, but again, I'm 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 not in on the details, uh, but but. But I guess the whole idea about finding, I would say, primitives or APIs that we build around, like commonly, I think that's a really, uh, that's a really strong case. Um, and and I think you mentioned it as well, Kevin. Right? Uh, it, even if it's not directly a dialogue, but like overlay components in general, like you know, it, they require a lot of code. You know, like how do you position them? How do they work if they are nested deeply in the DOM and you want them to actually display at the very top? There's all all these things, right? Some of the libraries are really good at dealing with that. Um, but then, and I think this just ties into the way that some of the frameworks are built, right? Because they want to own their own DOM, so. Some of them, Angular Material, I know because I've built with it, is like it actually creates an element uh, at body, you know, like like next to whatever your root element is in uh, in the body, um, and then it portals like it projects components in there when it opens the dialog, so you're sort of always sure that it is at the very top. Um, other frameworks do something akin to that. Um, if you wanted to do that with a web component. You you can do that, but if you want to show something custom in there that you project over there, right? Then you've got to remember, oh yeah, this framework does it. You know how does bindings work when you actually move the element in the DOM and stuff like that as well. So there's a lot of considerations, and then there is the whole accessibility layer of it. You know, like you know, opening, closing, keyboard interactions, uh, focus traps, especially when we're talking about dialogues. Um, and it would be so cool to have. At least some primitives to build on here. I'm not saying like give us a, a pop-up element or even, and I know that's why it's been getting some slack, like a dialogue element per se. But give us the tools to do this easily. Like give us give us the um, the way of doing it in an accessible way and, and and projecting the content correctly and so it overlays and and all that positioning even. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, but there's a long road ahead. And uh, and we're so many special developer snowflakes that it's I think it's cool they're doing all the research to sort of find the middle ground. 
Yeah. yeah. Have you tried it before, actually, one of you? Because I've read about it, but I haven't, and I've seen it, but I haven't tried it myself. So I'm also really curious about the layering thing. Um, because it's, of do, course, do you mean the dialogue. Yeah, the di- sorry, yeah, the dialogue. Um, oh, no, no, I haven't tried it. No, because. You know, when you build it yourself, you have the control, then you know, okay, I, I have my, you know what your other elements are, and then you can, you know, yeah. choose a Z index or something and make sense for your layering and that sort of stuff. I wonder, like, a yeah. build-in one, will it always pop over anything, no matter what? Or can you, that's a bit interesting, I, I think. Know. How, yeah, how does that work if you yourself have like a position absolute or fixed component with like a high Z index? Will it still pop over? And yeah. Interesting. Just choose yeah, a higher index. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess they won't work with C index in that way. I guess they won't be like, yeah, we now have a dialogue and it has C index five thousand. I'm guessing that's not how. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe how it works. So it's interesting. There's also also things around uh, animation. If you want the and in, in, like an intro in animation when it opens, uh, yeah. how does that work? Uh, I I would be curious to to know. Yeah. Or maybe it just I, creates the DOM element and then the Z indexing, and the, it's just up to you how to. Yeah, I, I would imagine it's I like any other element, but uh, yeah. I don't know. It's maybe it has some special powers. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. So another thing, at least I wanted to touch on now that we're talking about Safari and, you know, like there's the whole controversy and we're not going to go deep into that because I think, I think having browser choice is healthy. Um, um, so let's, let's keep it around. Um, and I think they're doing a lot of cool things. Uh, it, I, you know, it must be hard getting all the slack they do. I, I know they've been very open, reached out and said, you know, I come with feedback, like what should we look into, etc. Some people have been very constructive and as it always is with the internet, some have not. And let's just leave it at that. Um, but I think it's cool that like looking at like this version, at least uh, of Safari is like, there's a lot of things in there, a lot of cool stuff as well. And, and some alignment with some of the other browser APIs. Um, and one of the ones I wanted to touch on here briefly is focus visible. Um, it might seem like this tiny, teeny little thing, but it's a thing that for years, I think, I think most of like you, you have also been through this, right? But but having to deal with, um, you want to show focus on an element, but only if it has been focused, you know, by a keyboard event or a touch event. Say, I, I, I can't remember if they go in the same category. They might, um, and, and you know, you had the normal focus one, but that would trigger on a mouse click as well. And and knowing at least from some designers I've heard about, they were always like, "That's ugly, don't get away with that." Um, but but you know, trying to stay accessible, um, um we gotta have those focus states. And I, there's like there is a, like if you go in and, and and look up focus visible on, on MDN as well, they they point towards um, uh, like the I don't want to what do you want to call it the official polyfill as well. Um, but as it is with all polyfills, they come you know like with the downside of like at least you know requiring JavaScript most often um but also like they they add something and they might not be perfect uh, uh perfectly close to the spec there might be you know edge cases where they don't work um and i know for myself that i have tried to implement something akin to that akin to that it's like 
um, you check if an element has been focused, and then sort of right after you check if you know if it, if if it was accompanied by a key down event of you know like a tap or a, you know stuff like that to sort of identify if it is uh, actually a keyboard focus. Um, and again, it's not perfect. Um, but now that Safari has it um, as well, like I think for Evergreen, it, it's it's out there now. Where you can just use Focus Visible for that, and you can pull out all your old polyfills, of course, unless you wanna. Unless you still want to support a few versions back, of course, it's it's still only just in the in the latest one. Um, but but I think it's uh, there's the whole accessibility part of it. But I actually think um, the best part about it for me as a developer is the fact that I don't need to look up like eh, is there this other solution for doing it or cooking my own for that matter. It saves me a lot of code. Um, and again, if you're just dealing with normal HTML elements, you don't need any JavaScript now. You can just you know, use use this uh, focus visible selector, and 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 you got it out of the box. And I think that's it is so nice to finally have it there. I don't know what your thoughts are about it. Yeah, I think it's also. I think it's really great. I think uh, for like some clients, we have uh, we are supporting like the latest two versions. So I think uh, I think I don't think we can use it right now, but soon we will be able to. So that's um, really great. It's been a long-awaited uh, feature, and also uh, it was also the feature that got uh, like crowdsourcing, I think. Um, yeah. So uh, it's it's really nice to see it landing. Yeah, super nice, especially with a lot of uh, at least here in Scandinavian, I think <laughs> a lot of other parts of the world, web-wise as well. Uh, with more and more focus on accessibility, this becomes very important i think because uh, there's in quite a lot of projects over the last couple of years there's always been this accessibility versus designer fight <laughs> where it's like well we need like an outline or border around stuff so people can navigate around but then the designer's like but that's ugly and then you always yeah and the polyfill has, has also caused issues for me uh, before trying to to make that work properly in some cases um, so it's super nice to see it uh, uh, see it arriving now, and then hopefully, as you said, Mikkel, depending on how many versions you need to support in the project, hopefully we can start using it soon. Uh, remove the, yeah. the polyfills. Uh, yeah. So now you mentioned polyfills. Uh, I actually want to mention a an, an article that I read uh, a while back. Uh, I don't know if you read it, but it's uh, it's called the optional chaining operator, modern browsers, and my mom. <laughs> uh, that I should guess. be the title of of this episode. It's like uh, <laughs> Safari releases uh, Lightning Web Components and pizza. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, pizza. Yeah. Sorry, uh, ahead, but buddy. in case you didn't read it, I'll just give a short uh, summary. So it's about uh, this guy. Um, he visits his uh, his parents' house, uh, and uh, his his mom has has issues with uh, logging into or like signing up for some uh, uh, some website uh, for some uh, some uh, yeah some some work uh, that she wanted to do uh, to to uh, volunteer for. Um, uh, and it, does, it doesn't work uh, on her iPad. Uh, so long story short, uh, he, he found out because you know he's a web developer like us. Um, 
So he found out that it's actually uh, due to uh, an optional chaining operator that has been used that doesn't work on on the iPad. Uh, so he finds out that uh, okay, but he's she's using Chrome, and that's that's always up to date, right? It's a, it's an evergreen browser, right? But uh, it doesn't work. Uh, but why is that? And it works on another computer, like his own computer. But so he wonders, like, why? Why is it that it doesn't work on this uh, iPad? Uh, and, and Chrome is, is uh, should be updated and all. So and then he investigates that um, Chrome can't uh, update. It's, it's like uh, the version is like in the seventies or something. Uh, not 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 the latest one. Um, so it's because that the hardware, like the, the iPad hardware is, is too old. So it, it doesn't update, uh, the, the browser to the latest version. Uh, and that, I think that is just, um, mind blowing in some ways because it's like, it, it really got me thinking like, uh, because I, I have been thinking like, oh, now we don't support IE anymore. So, oh, we can remove all the polyfills. Uh, but but what about old hardware? Like what about uh, if, if I got, if I buy a new iPad right now? What about in two years or three years? The iPad will probably still work, um, but will websites work? Right. So it, it really got me thinking about polyfills and maybe the assumption to just remove polyfills when you don't need IE anymore is is not entirely uh, true. So I, th- I think it's interesting. Um, I would love to hear what what you what do you think? Well, first of all, because because you're mentioning old hardware and 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 again, this is just my knowledge of at least the, the Apple lineup is that you 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 gotta go back to a really 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 old device before you're locked out that hard. But but I think it it's I think you both mentioned it before related to the focus available stuff is like how many browser versions do you support? I think that's that's what at least we're measuring in today, right? When we're talking about, you know, are we going to use a polyfill for this or that? Of course, there was the whole like IE, but again, that was that was that was a browser by itself. Now, and I think now we're talking about you support the latest two versions of Chrome, Firefox, or you know, Safari in, in this case. Um, um, so, I I, th- I think I think I get your point, but I would tie it up to like versions rather than say hardware because that's going to be an impossible feat anyways looking at the billion android devices out there um so browser version i think is the better metric to follow yeah <clears throat> exactly i i agree uh also most uh for us most client projects we have it's actually like in the contract and stuff uh saying like latest two versions or something um and i also think it, it's it's impossible to start looking at all the different uh tablets and devices and and things like that and at some point it's also um i think an important aspect of that is uh actually thinking about uh, okay we support two latest what if the user doesn't like at least have either like a little pop-up or a banner showing like hey uh, you're running an older version uh try to update otherwise uh some stuff might not work properly if the, that website would have done that there would be way less of an issue than they would have already known uh, yeah. when entering the website that okay I, maybe i can use this website maybe there's some stuff that might look weird or not work but then you know and then you're also like okay my ipad is 10 years old fair enough like i don't i think at some point you can't uh you can just make stuff work on everything um 
So I think the, the error handling in or the version handling in the UI in that case is very important, I think. Um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point about uh, notifying the user that this version is actually not supported uh, by by design. Um, so, um, and in, in this specific case, it was like a like a spa sort of thing, or maybe a React app or something that that, that that broke. So, so nothing got shown at all. It was just a white page, which is really <laughs> bad, right? Uh, and I think it it also depends, like in the um, like in in what in what degree are you sending down modern stuff and like what is it only a small widget that won't work or is it like the entire page uh, there's some nuance to that yeah. um, so but i think it's a interesting uh, thing and i think it's something worth talking about and uh, yeah definitely yeah. um yeah again in, in, i think in, the should yeah. always uh, uh look at the what do you call that? You always have a nice term for it, Paul. I was going to call it the dark side. When stuff doesn't work, the... Uh... Oh, yeah, you, you, you always look at the happy path normally, yeah, right? Yeah. But you should probably also look at, at, at yeah. I can't even remember what the I'm... The sad path. The sad path, no. Yeah, the, <laughs> the sad panda path. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, exactly. yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta not always look at the happy path. Yeah. I think that's... Yeah, exactly. Way. Turn that yeah, around. But so yeah. It is fair enough to have a... It's it's of course fun as a developer and and to to support all the latest stuff and making your app really fast and not shipping a lot of unnecessary code and stuff. But then uh, make sure that the other path, whatever we call it, sad panda path, is also covered in some way. Um, yeah. Also, when considering accessibility, because if you imagine that you have this app where you spend a lot of uh, time maybe uh, fixing accessibility errors, but then people won't be able to access it if their iPad is just a little bit uh, old, then all those hours are wasted because they can't even see it. Yeah, and, <laughs> the, the, and then the, the screen reader the will, just, uh, will just go body, diff, ID, react <laughs> app. And that's it. Yeah, or I don't know how well you will output. No, no. <laughs> then it's em, like empty nothing. page. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> no. Yeah, so so the site is actually very inaccessible. Um, so I think that's an important point. So yeah, that is very interesting. Yeah, make sure to add it to the yeah. show notes. Yeah, I'll I'll add the link. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I, th I think we've I think we've come around. We've had a, a few nice chats today about uh, Safari, about web APIs, especially about pizza. Um, it's lunchtime now. I don't know about you, but no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get pizza for lunch. I don't have time for it. Um, <laughs> it's quite an investment for a work lunch. <laughs> Making That's your own pizza. Actually, actually, I have a, I have a I have a story to end on here. Then is that um, you know the last couple of years have been a little Corona crazy and what have you. Um, so we've been working from home a lot. I still do, but that's just, you know, that's just the way it is now. Um, but I, I think it was last summer, like we've only had the house for a year now, a little over a year. Um, so it was our first summer in house. Um, really, really nice working from home when it's hot outside and you have a terrace that you can go out and, and you know, sit on and work. And I took meetings from out there as well. Um, and then um, I can't remember, I think it was at the start of the summer, we got a new grill, um, I, I, you know, gas and everything um from a father-in-law um and then we had meat left over one day and around lunchtime i was like i could i could i could really go for uh you know i could really go for steak 
<laughs> so I, I, I started up the grill and I had steak and I think it was salad and, and garlic bread, uh, for, uh, for my work lunch at home just on the grill there. And, and I, I have a, there's like an old lady as one of the, uh, the neighbors as well. And I think she looked over the heads like, like, what, what is he doing now? Just like barbecuing by himself. Doesn't this young uh, man have work to do? <laughs> <laughs> was that like, uh, was it like a one hour lunch break or I wonder how much, how long? No, no, but, and that's uh, 20 minutes or something like that because it, it heats oh, yeah, up so fast, right? It's, it's, it. it's, yeah, uh, okay. so, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. That, yeah. So, so yeah, that yeah. does help a lot. So, yeah, <laughs> just, uh, gotta treat yourself. Yeah. Well, you you can't do that. I mean, the the lunch we usually get at the office is amazing, so I had to at least get close. Um, so yeah. yeah, that was my little story. Thanks for sharing. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> you're most welcome. Next time we will talk about your stories. Um, anyways, um, I think that's that's a wrap for today. Um, thank you all for listening. Some of the uh, things that we talked about, as you also mentioned, Mingle, we will add them to the show notes just for easier lookup. Um, and that's all. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Code Flitters podcast. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends or add a review in your favorite podcast player. You can also find us on Twitter at CodeSplitters or on our website, CodeSplitterspodcast.com. Until next time, take care.